I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. It is such a pleasure to be here today. And today is an absolute honor. So this is your humble host, Amrit. And uh, we're bringing to you the vibes and the wisdom from Ajit Nawalka. Ajit, welcome, brother. Hey, thank you for having me, man. Excited to be here. <laughs> it is, oh man, to receive your gratitude is next level. I am supremely grateful to have this time from you. And um, for those that are listening in, um, there is no bio that could really do Ajit justice. Just to, just to sort of drop this on you like one, one heavyweight dumbbell at a time. Um, co-founder of Mindvalley, uh, co-founder of Evercoach, Zentrepreneur, um, Blink Webinars. There is, there is so much in the space of personal development and the online platform that um, Ajit is doing. These are, these are all monumental in their own right, whether it's Evercoach, whether it's Mindvalley, whether it's you know, even the background stuff with Blink Webinars, Zentrepreneur. These are all amazing ventures. Um, and to have you here today and to share your wisdom with, with us is, is a real privilege and an honor. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and excited to see where this goes. Um, so I really want to start on, uh, on a real serious note. So you've married, um, Nita seven times. <laughs> or is it eight, eight times. <laughs> eight now. Eight now. Yeah. Yeah. We did get married eight times in the same year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why do it once, right? <laughs> so, yeah, commitment is definitely not your thing by the sounds of it. <laughs> <laughs> Say what? Commitment is definitely not your thing. <laughs> well, commitment is my thing. It's just exactly. because we wanted to play and we wanted to, we kind of, kind of wanted to see what is marriage or like we, both of us at, at, at a stage of our lives, even today, uh, marriage we see not as a social like, you know, most of the people get married because it's like a social thing that you need to kind of do it for society. And both of us were, were with partners before and, and we kind of were jaded a little bit by the understanding of marriage as a word. So we said, well, if it is about uh, society, we don't want to do it. But if it's about us, how would we do it? Yeah. And so that's why we, we got married at times in the scope of the same year, different parts of the world, because our friends live at different places. So for us, it's more about celebration than about getting married. Per se, so yeah, get married with the same goal eight times last year. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. I absolutely love that. And for me, it's it's interesting because it like it's it's a small thing, right? But it's I think our personality permeates everything that we do, right? So what I'm really um what what I, that really shows me is that you do things your own way. Um, you really you know the the rules of society and perhaps you know getting married this way or getting married that way getting married just once or getting married eight times to the one girl you know it's very mm -hmm. definitely you've you found your own way with things and um you know that that for me is is really inspirational and, and obviously the the wedding <laughs> we'll see about that if i get married as many times mm -hmm. as you do but um mm -hmm. also in just uh, creating you know just a life on your own terms fundamentally um mm -hmm. you know you've uh, you've gone away and i know 
I'm really, I'm really excited to share your story with everyone. Obviously, I've had a bit of exposure to you, um, you being a mentor of mine. Um, but sharing that with other people, I think, would be really valuable because you obviously now a co-founder of um, Mind Valley, Evercoach. You know, I keep repeating all this just so people get uh, uh, the gravity of you know how far you've come. Um, but I know it started in in a like a share house in India. You you lived with all your family in one place and. Mm -hmm. uh, can you describe that, that that journey to us a little bit so we can get a little bit of a background in terms of what you're Absolutely. So I, I was born and I grew up in a city called Jaipur in India, which is a little town. If you, if you ever imagine India full of colors and palaces and people, uh, that's Jaipur for you. It's full of palaces, very colorful, very warm city. It's one of those cities that you go and you embrace the food and the people. Uh, so I grew up, I was, I was fortunate to grow up in a city like that, but at the same point in time, uh, my family and our family was, had very humble beginnings. Like we, we were humble, modest people, you could say. In a way, we were. I, I kind of grew up in the streets in there, in a way, uh, where 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 we would we would share uh, a house with about 23 people, 23 family members, and they were not like they were not like my immediate brothers and sisters. They were kind of like my cousins. So all the cousins, my parents' cousins, and. And my grandparents, my grandparents' brother, all of us lived in the same house. So we were a really, really big family. But the house wasn't as big as, as it was a family. So we didn't have the luxury of having your room or having your own private space or anything like that. If, uh, my, my, my room was, my brother's room was our living room, was our study room, was our playroom. And if guests came over, that was the guest room. Uh, so that's kind of where, where I grew up uh, for, and for the first 24 years of my life. Uh, that's where I lived. Um, until until I started to do a little bit better with life, started to experiment a little bit. Um, even before that, I was experimenting, but it was more at, at a student level because I was at, I was too young to be going out doing business, or at least that's what I thought at least at that time. Uh, so 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 I joined a student organization. I got exposed to the world. I got exposed to possibilities. I found mentors and teachers and and people who would guide me uh, and leaders who would who would encourage me through my journey. And, and as the journey progressed, eventually I ended up first uh, partnering up with a company that, that I was employed with, which is my first employer's back in Jaipur. Started a company with them. Uh, didn't really go very well for me. So I, I, in the sense, the company didn't really work out. We were not very successful in building that startup. But uh, once we were done with that process, uh, we said, okay, what, what is it that's the next step that I could take? What is it that was important to me? Uh, and one of the answers that came to me was through one of the employees I had at that startup who had moved on to Malaysia to join the student organization that I used to work with and offered me opportunity to know about this cute little small company at that time called Mindvalley who was operating out of a house with 15 employees. Uh, and so, so the person told me, hey, you should check out this company. It's very similar to the organization we used to work for, but it's a different country. It's a different why. Maybe that's what you need in life right now. I looked at Mind Valley, great place, seemed like a great place, completely not easy to understand at that time. It was like I didn't understand what the heck they used to do, uh, but joined it as an intern for it was a year-long internship, but uh, once I started, I think the rest is history now. It's been almost a decade. In December this year, it will be 10 years that I've been uh, part of Mind Valley as, as the intern first, then as business manager, launch manager, marketing manager, CEO. Uh, co-founder of Mindvalley Teach, uh, and that is also called Evercoach in many ways, and studying and selling many companies during this process. So it's been a long journey. Yeah. <laughs> I love that journey. <laughs> it's so inspirational. So you said the company you worked for previously, was that a personal development space as well, or is it? No, it was, it was a newspaper. And then, yeah, it was actually a media house, but their biggest division was newspapers, and I used to be uh, their media seller in a way, but multimedia seller. So yep. I would I would go to different cities and, and sell advertising space along with other media sellers that the company owned. Sure, sure. Because business is something that you 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 excel at, um, which is as people will tune into this conversation deeper and deeper, they'll come to realize. But um, what like was something was there was personal development and Mind Valley something that attracted you to Mind Valley, or was it the grassrootsness of it and just um, no, I, I didn't even I didn't even know what personal development was when I joined Mind Valley. I had no idea. I had no expectation in context of personal development, or um, I had never read a book. Like I never read a personal development book when I joined Mind Valley. Uh, 
what I was curious about was business. Uh, and, and I was curious about what I knew for sure was the future was in the web. And India was very, very immature at that time. Now it's, it's developed a lot in the past three, four years. Uh, but at that time, there was nothing really that was happening in India. Nobody was really figuring out how to get internet to work. The internet speeds were really slow. But I knew that, that this is going to be the future of whatever that is uh, that uh, holds us for in the future, whatever happens in the future. So that was one thing that I did know for sure. And that's where I got attracted to Mind Valley because Mind Valley was doing something that I did not understand, but they were doing it well is why the business was working for them. Yep. Uh, is why I got excited to join Mind Valley. And okay, so it wasn't the personal development that drew you in, but at one point you've stepped out already from the general consensus of, you know, the formal education of whatever it is to grow up in an Indian culture, right? So like there's, you're either going to be an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer or you're going to serve society in some way. You obviously seem very well educated. Why, um, why, are we, why are we not, why are we focusing on our own passions? Why are we believing in ourselves? Why is it that you see the web as an opportunity and you're comfortable enough to take that step? It's, it, it's a good question. I have never, never really tried to answer that question before, so I'm going to make an attempt. So uh, I was expected to be an engineer. Like like most Indian people, you are expected, like you said, you want to be an accountant, engineer, a doctor, or something like that, right? So I was I was training to be an engineer. I was uh, I was uh, it was about, I, in in the high schools. We have to pick subjects in India. I don't know how it is everywhere else, but we have to pick subjects. My subjects were science, computer, and mathematics, yeah. uh, which is the toughest subjects that you can get in in combination. Except if you switch it over to biology, which becomes even more harder. Uh, but usually, this is these are the toughest combinations. The reason why I took it is because I was mostly excited about computers. Yeah. Uh, so what I really wanted to do was to become somebody that had something related to to with technology in my high school. Uh -huh. uh, and uh, and as I was going through that journey of learning, I realized as much as I love computers, I hate everything else that I have to learn that I don't see a relevance of. Like I didn't see a relevance of chemistry. I didn't see a relevance of physics in what I really wanted to do. I was like, I, I don't know why I'm learning all of this and why do I have to score really well in it. So then when I finished my high school, while training to uh, do the entrance exams as engineers and so it, for engineering colleges and everything, uh, I realized while studying for that is if I actually end up in one, I'll hate my life for the next four years because wow. uh, I do not like what I am studying, which apply, which means that if I have to get into this college, I have to study this. That means while I'm in the college, I have to study some variation of this. Uh -huh. If I hate this, how can I love that, right? So, so it, it, I am fortunate that it, not my mother, but my father had always been encouraging in a way where he has said uh, that do what you like to do, and that's the only thing that you should care about. Uh, he, he's, he's always shown confidence that we'll be okay in context of being able to make enough money that they'll get, get past. He's believed in that much. He never believed that where, where I've come this far, I don't think that was something that he expected or well, But what he did know that I'll be okay, whatever I'll do. Yeah. Right, so, so with that in mind, uh, he, he, he was supportive of it. He said, listen, I don't know any better. What I can do is I can pay for education. I'll do everything that I can to pay for education. But know that your father is not very well off. He's not somebody who can, you know, set you up, which is where, which happens a lot in India. The parents set up the kids. Yeah. Uh, so at least in Indian culture, that's that's very prominent as, as a behavior. So that was his his one thing that he said. It's like I don't have the wealth to set you up, mm -hmm. uh, but what I can do is I'll do everything I can to fund your education okay. as far as you want to go, and that's all I can do. So. So when I decided to step out of it, my mom was very disappointed because she wouldn't have an engineering kid uh, or a kid who's an engineer. Uh, my dad was, as much as he was concerned, he wasn't disappointed or he didn't show any sign of disappointment or anything like that. And he just said, okay, do what you want to do. And I said, okay, so what's, my, what's the thing that I think I would like to do? And that was media or business is what I grew most curious about. Uh -huh. and, and that got me to move over to business studies and that got me exposed to, to, to learning from this organization called ISEC, which is a student organization, yep. which is another organization which constantly, between the age of 18 to 22, which was when I was in this organization, constantly fed me one thing, which is if you believe in yourself, 
you can make anything happen. Yep. You see, as a kid, I again, coming from the background that I came from, I wasn't trained to be a leader, I wasn't trained to be successful, or anything like that, or at least my, my conditioning at that time was like that. It was like, hey, I, it'll be hard for me to get past anywhere. Yeah. Uh, and, and this organization kind of, kind of trains you for leadership in a way because it puts you into a leadership position at a really young, young, young age. Yeah. And you can, you can really experiment and try. I kept doing that. And so I had a tremendous amount of self-confidence by the time I stepped out in knowing that I'll be okay. Uh -huh. I didn't know anything more. I didn't know where I will be or how it will be, but I did know that I will be okay. And so... I learned through that process that it's it's uh, it is up to us that we create our reality, and and it is up to, if it is up to us, then you win or you lose, both are yours. Uh, you you become successful or you fail, it's both yours. Uh, nobody else gets to own it. Nobody else should own it. It's the only person that determines this is you. So make the choices you feel are right because you can't blame it later on anybody else, and you and nobody can claim it for you too. So. Uh, if, if you do something that is extraordinary, that's 100% you. And if you just like really not do anything, and that's okay too. There's nothing wrong with that. But but at the same point, that's on you too. There is nobody else you can blame. Well. Yeah. yeah, so I think that's where when, when I have to make decisions even today, I don't think about is it the right or the wrong decision. I think my question more is does this feel right? And that's that's how I make my decisions. So I let my intuitive intelligence make the decision for me, uh, and decide from there versus my ra rational, logical side of brain to go. Does it make sense? It's more about do I feel right about it. See, there's so much in that story that I want to touch on, but where you've just left off is so in, like so exciting for me, because you fundamentally you started off um like uh, i guess setting up business pro like the excelling the business of mind valley business and business and business to the point where there was things that you wanted to see mind valley do and you went and set them up on the side as a business where some people struggle to even set up one business you're creating mm -hmm. all these thriving businesses they do so well that mind valley end up, ends up having to acquire them themselves to facilitate their own personal growth as a company mm -hmm. so you know, when, you, when, you, when you're that invested in business and you're that involved in something that seems so rational, seems so mental, um, mm. to hear you share that you're making decisions based on intuition um, and that intuitive intelligence, can we talk a little bit about that? Where does that come from? Oh, well, intuitive intelligence is actually a chapter that I wrote in the new book that's coming out in December. It's called Live Back. And, and I, I wrote that chapter specifically because I feel... Intuition as a word is so confusing in some ways because intuition seems like that one day you should just it, you should just get an insight like it's just come to you. <laughs> it's a, it's a mystical thing, right? And it's it's so hard to have that mystical thing a repeat itself and b even make sense to somebody who who's in the real world going, hey, how? I mean, what does that even mean, right? What does intuition even mean? Um, and that's why I use the word intuitive intelligence because it is. What I feel, at least my intuition, it's not just intuition where I wake up one day and I go, all right, this is what I should do, or this is what the world should do. I think it's informed. It's informed by the amount of knowledge, experience, data that I'm collecting from the world. It's, uh, it's informed by the books that I read. It's informed by the conversations we have. It's informed in many different ways. So it's, it's intuition, but it's not that it's a stroke of genius. It's a stroke of genius because of the amount of data that your brain has processed. And finally, it connected the dots when your brain was slowing down and had the space to connect the dots. Does that make sense a little bit more? Totally. Yeah. So, so for example, yeah, for example, like you, you, you're big into meditation. You've been practicing it for so long and, and so on and so forth. You're great at it. You teach it really well too. Now here's the thing, when you collect a lot of data, somebody like you can probably connect the dots very, very easily. And when you train other people, they can connect the dots very easily, right? When you take them through a meditative process, what happens is all this data that is constantly getting fed to us, like it's like you don't even know, you're just collecting data all the time. You're overhearing conversation, you're listening, you're reading, you're doing all this, right? You're collecting all this data and when you slow down your mind and take it to the alpha level, and, or if you can go to deltas and teras, that's great. But even if at the alpha level, what happens is your brain finally gets the space and time and the frequency to be able to take all that data that was connected and connect it to an insight. And that insight is what I call intuitive intelligence. 
It's not intuition alone because it's, it doesn't happen if you're not collecting any data. If you're sitting on Himalaya and just sitting all by yourself without having any connection to the world or prior connection to the world, you won't have intuitive intelligence. There is no, there's no information for you to be able to make that decision. Mm. And so, so that's what I mean by intuitive intelligence. That's what I mean by intuition. trust in that your journey has guided you to the point where you're at now and all the all the little signs and symbols and signatures along the way have helped you get to where you are now so that you can make the decision and that's allowing you to sort of trust in everything that's brought you to that point yeah um, and, and more data that you collect so you keep feeding that data to you and trust that your brain will actually process it all and it will yeah um I do want to talk about 40 years of Zen, and I feel like that was coming up with the Alpha Waves, but I, I, I do want to ask, the, the space where you got mentors and teachers, was that ISAC? Was that the first place that you were exposed to mentors? My first teacher happened at my high school. Uh, she was vice principal of the school. I was presenting one of the assemblies, like the morning prayer and all that type of stuff. Yeah. I was presenting the morning news one of the days, and she stepped back behind because we were standing behind, she was standing in front of us. Uh, and she stepped back and told me uh, that was really good. And that was the first uh, first insight of external motivation, external recognition that I had, because she kept telling me that once or twice more, and one time even telling me that I could actually, if I took that skill uh, of being able to present uh, with confidence and with ease, is a possibility that I can even become a news anchor, which was nowhere in my radar at that time. But that got me curious about media, which would eventually lead to my career that is today, because it's all media that we're doing today. Uh, but that that was the first person that was, she was a mentor, because post-school, she would actually help me really be able to process my early fears when I was deciding to not do engineering, yeah. when I was deciding to join a very obscure organization like ISEC and, and be in this really different group of very, very well-off, wealthy people while I was completely broke myself, yeah. right? While I was doing part-time jobs and these people were so wealthy, to be able to maintain my, my confidence, my calm, my understanding of the world, mm -hmm. she was pivotal in those times. And then in ISEC, I found a lot of leaders and mentors supporting that journey. And then again, that kept happening. Like at different stages of life, different people came. Uh, initially, they were, they were generous enough that nobody asked me to pay them anything uh, because I wouldn't have been able to afford it. I was at that stage mm -hmm. of my journey. Uh, but eventually, uh, I, I've had now had the good fortune to be able to have some of the best people train me on many different variety, various things, like including 40 years of them, uh, which which are uh, which which I've been grateful for. So it started as as teachers, like really teachers in schools, uh, and and went on to become leaders, mentors that I would find in different organizations that I would associate myself with. I think it would be valuable to ask the question that, um, so when you can't afford to get the mentorship, you still find mentorship and teaching. Is it a matter of you finding the pearls of wisdom in everything that's coming to you? Or is it, do you think, um, the fact that you're so focused on something that you're passionate on that people naturally are drawn to that to support you with your passions? Well, firstly, of course, when you are curious about something, um, you tend to look for that knowledge, right? If if you are looking to find a solution, usually the solution will just come to you because any book you pick up and read or any program you go through, any seminar you attend, if you're curiously looking for an answer, that answer will come to you faster because answers are everywhere. Our brain has the ability to process all of that, right? So firstly, that, that does happen. Just because you're looking, you will find the answers. But at the same point in time, because you're looking, you also seek out certain people, and that might be sometimes a little bit scary, fearful, because a lot of times these people are seemingly ahead of you in the journey, seemingly not interested. Uh, but what I found is people are inherently good, inherently good uh, and they do want to help. And usually when it feels like that they don't want to help is because they are actually themselves needing help. Uh -huh. So a lot of times you would see that people who are further in the journey and you would think, oh, that person was so rude to me. But that person is rude to you mostly because they are hurting because of something else. They just don't know or they, they have not expressed that to you. Or they are sometimes themselves feeling underconfident and not good enough, not worthy enough is why they're reflecting it back in their interactions. Or they are trying to prove it to themselves that they're worthy of that conversation 
is why they're reflecting and projecting it on you, but it has nothing to do with you. Most people want to actually do good. Most people actually want to be able to help. It's them themselves getting in their own way and they have to just process that. Um, and sometimes we take it as if that they are not, not wanting to help. But what I, from, from what my experience has been, 90% of the world wants to help. 95% of the world wants to help. They're just, doing, they're just having a hard time having their own journey. So you just have to have that understanding. So what I'm picking up is hurt people, hurt people, which is a perfect yeah. segue, I think, into uh, tuning into what I have come to really respect as your mantra, which is serve love. Um, what does that mean to you, serve love? So there was uh, about a year and a half ago now, almost two years now, a year and a half ago, what, what I did with my wife, Nita, is we said, if we were to live, our, our values every day, if we were to live our greatest truth every day, if we were to really live in the place of how we experience life with each other, what would that look like? And what would that feel like? And, and because of that, we said, okay, let's work through. So we had a whole exercise where we came up with our own exercises where we said, okay, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? And how does it look like? And it boiled down to two words, which is serve and love. Um, and, and the reason and the understanding of these was that firstly, both of us as, as human beings are blessed where we feel that, that we get tremendous joy if we can help somebody, if we can, if we can be of service to somebody. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Somebody. And it's not because of any grandeur, it's mostly because we just feel so fulfilled when somebody else seems to get a result, uh, go further in their journey, find joy because of whatever we did. So when we say serve, it doesn't always mean teach somebody or coach somebody. Serve sometimes simply means buy, buy a meal for somebody, have a good time, organize a party. It could be anything. And that's what we do and that's what we like to do because it gives us tremendous amounts of fulfillment, tremendous amount of joy when we are able to be of service to somebody else. And then we said, so that's one thing that definitely puts us both in a place of fulfillment or, 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 or a space of fulfillment. So we said, that's one thing that we always want to be able to remind ourselves uh, in our journey that we always want to come from a place of service. Mm-hmm. Uh, and second word that came for us was love, because we feel that we, we find the second way we find fulfillment and joy and contribution is, is when we are able to express our love to others and we are able to feel love from each other as partners, but also from the world. Uh, and so serve and love became our values. And, and it means many things at different levels and it shows up in many ways at different levels because it's not, we don't say, oh, love is only felt when something particular happens. Love is also when we just spend some great time with friends just just hanging out. We call that love because it's an expression of love to us. Or we are able to bring people together. Or if we are able to uh, just just touch someone, massage someone with with love and, and, and grace so they can feel empowered. Whatever that is. But that's what serve and love really means to us. It's, it's the two words that bring us back to our element that makes us very fulfilled, joyous, um, and, and yeah, and happy. I love that. And they brought me to you as well. So, <laughs> so careful what you wish for. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited so, that you're in our life, Amber. Yeah. <laughs> he's saying that because he's being recorded. 
<laughs> is that really true? We know <laughs> that we are excited even when it's not recorded. You know that already. I'm super, super, super grateful for your love and support, brother. It means the world to me. Um, and um, so I was just going to uh, touch on that um, because that's there's some personal development in there for sure, which is uh, values, right? And getting clear on your values and just the, the power that comes from clarity. Um, how, like, because obviously let's 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 unpack this a little bit you've got your own values but guiding people to finding themselves in their processes um you know is is something that you've worked on for quite some time you know with being a coach now um in just before we step into values actually i want to understand how you went from being passionate about computers and business to then supporting people and maybe then you know people and finding their values and certain personal development techniques coming their way like, you know, obviously serve love, we've, we've touched on that. Um, but there's that little link that's missing in there in your, in your story. Yeah. So, uh, well, if you look at it, like I said, all my life from, from, the, from the neighborhood in Jaipur to coming as far as where I've come, uh, one of the biggest reasons why that happened is because coaches and teachers and educators came into my life when they came into my life. And they were able to show me the light that I couldn't have seen without anybody's help at that time and even today. Um, and because they were there for me, showing me, creating possibilities for me that were unreal in my own brain and my own mind, I realized one of the big reasons why I've come this far is them. So when technology and, and business is, is, is there, but they are, create, they are there to support the humankind in a way, right? I mean, we, we do business so we can move humanity forward in some way. All technological advances are not made just for the heck of it. They are made to move humanity forward, or at least that's the intent, uh, or should be the intent. Sometimes they're bad technology too, but the intent usually should be that, hey, can we make humanity a little bit better? Can we move as human race a little further in the journey? Can we have better experiences, more fulfilled experiences? So as much as, yes, I was always interested in technology and business, they are all related to humanity. And one of the things that I can do for humanity, given my experience and knowing my own story, is that if I can further the journey by being that guiding light, that person that people were for me, uh, and that's what drove me to, to become a coach, become a consultant, become an educator, become somebody who, who enables other people to be able to do the same, uh, because I know if we can do that, we can change the world. And there's something that I've noticed um, in my journey at the moment, especially where I'm at. Um, I've been noticing that there is, there is a certain uh, there's a certain level of mastery that occurs in an individual when something that's helped them is now their responsibility, and they're instilling the seeds of that in other people. Um, uh, like in this example, it's pretty obvious, you know. Yeah, but there's also an easy example that comes to mind is music. So you know, like someone is an amazing musician and they've been an amazing musician for let's say 30 40 years and then all of a sudden it's like okay i've mastered this but now my mastery is in creating other masters it says someone's mm -hmm. a seed of light in other people so that they can mm -hmm. then go and make their music and then guide and carry whatever music is for them on similar to what you were sh saying about you know getting to that point where you're sharing that onward so that that level of mastery is definitely um something we, we appreciate and you know the, the the book that you wrote um with with nita um the the book of coaching got it mm -hmm. here for people's reference yeah. amazing amazing little book of content and Thank you. Uh, very straightforward and, and uh remember the the key thing that um me and my partner we, when we first read it and we looked at each other the first thing we said was like that was really easy to read you mm -hmm. know, it was deep but it was like really easy to read and it was mm -hmm. and even in that it, the 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 value of um, service was really, really ever evident. You didn't want to make it out of reach for absolutely for ab any for any for anyone. It was like mm -hmm. you know, this is for you. It's here to serve. And um, the book, obviously, for those, please do pick it up. It talks about yourself, talks about your methodology, and then talks about your business. Um, all about becoming a coach. And even if you don't, you know, want to become a coach, just the chapter on you and just working on yourself is amazing. You know, it's it's really, 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 really insightful. Um, so let's, uh, can I ask you, yeah, how does, uh, how does your methodology evolve over time? Cause you're like, I guess I'm opening up the space for something that I really wanted to talk about, which is perpetual growth and eternal mm -hmm. learning and being the forever student. 
Um, mm -hmm. You know, what is someone like yourself doing at the moment? I know there's probably a good space to touch on 40 years of Zen. Um, mm -hmm. But also, you know, like, how do you continually stay inspired to lo learn and grow and so on? So it's, it comes from the same philosophy, like, like you said. I mean, as, as human beings, there's never... If as a teacher you say, I have already learned everything, you're probably not going to be a good teacher. Uh, because uh, as human beings, we, we constantly need to relearn sometimes what we have learned and, and revisit what we think we know because we not only technologically are advancing as human race, spiritually are advancing as human race, uh, physically are advancing as, as human race, our brains are becoming more powerful, our bodies are becoming more powerful, uh, our understanding of the world is becoming more powerful and that means that as a teacher, as an educator, you need to constantly go back and go, okay, what do I know and do I really know it? And you've got to constantly experiment and learn and, and enhance the practice that you're, that you're involved in. Now, I, have, I, I personally make it a point that I'm always learning, always learning in context of, if nothing else, through books. If, if there is no opportunity to go to physical events or there's no opportunity to go uh, and, and attend seminars and, and get programs, if I don't have that space in life, I create the no extra time kind of concept where you're you're listening to a book while you're walking to the office or you're listening to a book while you're cooking a meal or whatever that is. But I'm constantly feeding my brain uh, to insights and intelligence because that allows us to be a better version of ourselves on, on perpetually. And it's, and it's critical that as human beings we do that because it allows us to be able to always be interested in what's happening further. You see, if life becomes just another day, it becomes a chore, it becomes a chore, it becomes boring, it becomes boring, it, it is as good as hell. Is as, 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 or as worse as hell, not as good as hell, but as bad as hell. It's as, bell, it's, it's as bad as, as, as a life that is not fully lived. Because what's happening when your life becomes stagnant? What happens if, when your life becomes just the same routine every day? And unfortunately, that happens with a lot of people and a lot of lives. But when that happens, you have basically said that I had that much potential, but I'm going to settle for whatever that is that's comfortable, whatever that is that's limited. And yes, you go through your life, and, and you know how there is... Uh, there was, this, uh, there was this nurse that did a research and, and looked at the greatest regrets that people would have uh, on their deathbed. And often, and often one of those regrets is, is something to the tune of only if I would have traveled more, only if I would have loved more, only if I would have cared more, only if I had grown more. And, and that's, that's something that's so, 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 so easy to forget, but so vital to remember. And so vital to go back to and say, hey, why, why am I living? What's the purpose of all of this, right? And the purpose of all of this, one of the big purposes, in my opinion, is to continue to continue to discover yourself. And the way to continue to discover yourself and continue to contribute to the world is to continue to learn. And that is why it's important and critical for us to constantly be curious about what is it that the world has to offer even more? What is it that intelligence has to offer even more? And so I, I constantly engage myself in and learning as much as I can through programs, through seminars, through events. I'm always doing something, uh, if nothing else, in books. Um, and it's not, it's not aimless learning. It's, it's all learning that is around areas I'm curious about. So if I would go curious about, hey, I'm curious about, can, can I enhance my ability to be in, in delta states where it's, it's, it's a, it's a, you're able to process or connect dots even, even more deeply through visions? Or be in alpha state a lot more where and, and faster so I can I can be more powerful in my presentations and my teaching in my learning yeah. right so I go to events like 40 years of Zen the curiosity got me to go to an event like that uh, the curiosity around different areas of business get me to go to business events which I'm very frequent at curiosity of learning about human beings gets me to study about principles that, that are just common to human beings, understanding psychology, understanding language, understanding uh, just how human beings work. All of that comes from the curiosity of asking the question, tell me, tell me I, I would love to know a little bit more about this, right? And that this would be just driven by the curiosity in that topic. So that's, that's kind of is my perspective on, on just learning. Amazing. I want to ask you a question that's come up for me was, uh, 
do you have if maybe there is an answer maybe there's not an answer what was your most unique or memorable learning experience uh, this, it will be too hard to answer that question. I, I wouldn't be able to say this is the most memorable learning experience that I had because it'll be, it'll be wrong to... The top of mind, just because I've done it last, last week, literally, is 40 years of Zen. But I, it would be unfair if I said that is the ultimate learning experience that I've had. APES have been amazing. Tony Robbins events have been amazing. A lot of books have been profound to my life. Mm-hmm. So it, it would, I wouldn't be able to say one particular experience has been the best experience of my life or the most profound experience of my life. Sometimes it's not even an experience around learning. Like, for example, I went to Burning Man last year. It was a great understanding of just how human beings can be amazing and creative and powerful in in a desert. So, you know, so it's, it's, it's too hard to put one experience there. I love it. So you're touching on this. Um, so let's, let's discuss books. Um, are there, what, what is, um, if there was one book that you had to recommend, let's say, um, you know, not, not putting any pressure on you and neither at the moment, but if <laughs> I was your son and he was an adolescent, um, let's say mid-20s, if there was one book you had to recommend to him um, before he was starting out his journey, similar to the time when you were at ISAC, um, what book would you hand him? Or it, it would, yeah, him or her, it, it would really depend on what they're curious about. It, it would be very unfair for me to say, well, this would be the thing that would be perfect for them. It could range from, let's say, if they, they are somebody who, who really love connecting with people and want to go out there and are finding it hard to do that, I'll tell them, read uh, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. If they're curious about business, there would be a different book. If they're curious about life, there will be a different book. So it really depends on the journey of the person. There would be no one book that can be a catch-all for somebody who's at that stage. If they want to start a business, it will be a different book. If they want to be a coach, it will be a different book. It depends on the person. Yeah. Wow. I love how considered yeah. you are in your response. It's not just about you. It's actually about yeah. who you're serving. I love that. Well, if I suggest to somebody else, then i got to be considered about that. <laughs> uh, so what is, um, are, there, are there business books that you do recommend? This is just purely for my own curiosity now. Is there a, yeah, are there business books that you recommend that people invest in? Um, is there one that comes um, there are many, but I usually, I'm just trying to see which ones are sitting right next to my desk so I can tell you, you can pick these ones up. There's so many also right here. But there's a book that just came out. It's, uh, it's interesting for people who are especially creating a new business or trying to create a new habit. It's called Creating the Impossible. Uh, it's by, by one of our authors called Michael Neal. Um, it's a great book. It's, it gives you a 90-day game plan for you to be able to execute. Uh, on and it gives you like daily strategies, but from very different perspectives. So that would be a good one to pick up. You 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 already have read uh, book of coaching. That's a good one to pick up in context of coaching coaching book. Uh, another book for coaches that is an interesting one is called the Prosperous Coach. Uh, it's, it's a good one to pick up uh, even as an audio book. I just finished uh, reading because we, we have a program called Master Circle, and that we read a book every every month together. So I just finished reading, and I can't remember. Uh, yeah, the name of the book is "What If It Does Work Out," uh, and, I like it. and 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 the book is about how to make side hustle work. Uh, and I'm somebody who's always had a side hustle. I still have side hustles all the time. So, <laughs> so that's a good one to to pick up too. So again, books are things that I'm I I read maybe two three books a, a month. So if you ever ask me for a suggestion, I'm always at loss of words because the last one that I read. Amazing. <laughs> like it was amazing. The previous one. Deep works amazing. Like I just like I said, there will be so many originals is amazing. Originals is amazing to understand how to how to have original thought or what original thought really means. It's so many. Awesome. It's beautiful the amount of amazing stuff that is out there. Um, so as we're sort of drawing into a close, um, I just want to discuss A Fest and uh, what it what it means to you. Um, just because I know you met Nita there. Um, and it's, it's, you know, a combination of just amazing experiences to grow, celebrate, enjoy, um, but learn at the same time. Um, and I just, you know, personally have never been to one. And so now this is, I guess, mm-hmm. time for Q&A for myself a little bit. But, um, yeah, mm-hmm. what does what is A-Fest and what does it mean to you? So I like to call A-Fest as a festival, uh, but, but a festival of life, not like just a party festival, but a festival of life. Uh, because I, I see it as a celebration. Because it, think about 
is almost where you have 400 amazing human beings coming together from different parts of the world, which is which makes it even more interesting because you will hear different accents, different cultures, different different understandings of things coming together for about four and a half days and experiencing the craziest things from uh, from talks and workshops that will blow your mind and that will change the perspective and will challenge the perspective, not change the perspective of how you look at the world and how you look at different areas of life. And then once you have had that breakthrough and completely your brain is on a hyperdrive thinking about it, you will end up in conversations with human beings who are also experiencing that breakthrough, that change, but also come from different parts of the world, different cultural backgrounds, and hence add to the breakthrough that you just had or that insight that you're just having making your insight even grander. And then what will happen is you will end up at a party where you would see that as you're processing that insight, all of a sudden the world is completely different. You're experiencing the local culture, the local food, the local charm, uh, things that look like it's out of the world sometimes uh, because there are crazy decors, crazy, crazy rituals that are local, local to that place. Uh, they're all local to, to the reality where it's being held. And so your, your mind is getting an overload of experience. Uh, and, it's, it's, it, and if you're an introvert, it doesn't matter because you just process it in a different way, but you're getting an overload of experience. So what happens in the four days that you're there, you've had so much juice and so much insight and so many friendships because not everybody's going through the same ups and downs and hairs and theirs and having all these experiences together creates tremendous amount of bond in just three or four days. Like it feels like you were there for a month, but you're there for four days. And then at the, at the end of it all, it creates tremendous amount of friends, friendships and bonds. And when you go back, you have friends that you brought back, but you also brought tremendous amount of insight and change for your life. So that's, that's kind of what a fest is. And that's why I call it a festival because there's nothing really that can explain the experience. And so you met Nika there and I want to, I want to just, um, as I'm wrapping up, just touch on like how in, how how much of a blessing it must be to have someone that is invested in a personal growth uh, journey, um, and then committed to personally like growing and growing and growing and being able to come up with these exercises that you do together and sharing and supporting each other's vision side by side. Um, almost to ask you what she means to you is probably a bit loaded, <laughs> but uh, just the blessing of that journey. Um, how yeah you know if we can reflect on that a little bit just having someone that is a partner of that is because often some people aren't blessed with relationships that people support like their their growth and their development um yeah you know absolutely and, and i'm really really blessed that nita is someone who actually is at that frequency and has always been sometimes at a frequency where where I have to reevaluate everything that I am doing, and that's the best type of partnership where I challenge her and she challenges me. It's not one way or another; it's it's both ways, and that's beautiful to have that. Uh, what I do believe, and I think I've I've learned that learned this the hard way or whatever way you want to call it, but that if there is one of the crucial things that we have in our lives is our relationships. Uh, probably the most crucial thing that we have in our life is our relationships and not only with our loved ones, with our friends, with our family and so forth. With our loved ones, the most important because of course we spend most of our time with them. Um, and it's important that we that we care about, about those relationships. It's important that we understand the role of those relationships. And, and I didn't value it as much early on in my life. I, I valued more that my career is probably the most important thing. And that is the common mistake most people do, which is why they end up in relationships where, where they don't see those relationships as empowered. It's not because the relationships are not empowered, it's because you didn't care when you were getting into one. You didn't care when you realized that it's not the, the best one, you just got comfortable with it. It's why you end up in a relationship that's, that's not serving you and, and, and worse, when it doesn't serve you, it doesn't serve the other person. Both, both the individuals just become really comfortable and hence the relationship becomes a comfortable relationship but not the most progressive one and, and I'm blessed that Nita is not like that uh, and, and we learned both of us through our past experiences that we don't want to be in one uh, where, where we are comfortable uh, and that is the matrix. We want to be in one where we are loved and we are loving um, and that's, that's our true measure of, of saying if that relationship is, is, is the best one or not. So, for us at least, and that's, that's our understanding of it, that's why we are always curious about it, that's why we are always trying different things. 
in it is because we, we want to keep it as exciting as it is today. I'm getting married eight times. And for those that are listening, it's, it's a blessing to see from, yeah. from the energy of um, Ajit and Nita, seeing two amazing individuals in their own right come together and really like create even more awesomeness than they possibly could by themselves, which is already overwhelming. It's really a blessing. So thank you for that. Um, just to just to wrap it up, my final question, um, by no means my least question, is always a, it's a satiric in its nature, um, and you can answer it in any which way it seems fit. Um, so beyond your human experience, beyond your story, um, beyond the name Ajit Naloka, who are you? Um, I am a soul, like all of us are. We are a soul having a human experience. Uh, just among like any other soul, I'm just another guy, another soul and the guy and the girl, whatever gender a soul is, I have no idea. Uh, but I'm just a soul having the same experience as everybody else and this body and this nature of things that have panned for me is the right one that it is for 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 the journey that I'm having and I'm excited and, and pumped about it and, and hoping to experiencing it in all of entirety for, for the purpose of, of serving the universe as it serves me. <laughs> thank you right, guys well i'm gonna have to wrap it up so thank you so much again for your for your time here today Najee, uh, um just the work you've done with mind valley with ever coach with entrepreneur even if it was just the book the book of coaching for me you know i know you wrote it in eight days but there was years and years and years that went into that before you actually wrote it so just the the dedication and the commitment and you know, the, the values of love and service and, you know, there's, we haven't touched on it, but humility is a big one as well. And, and like, I received so much from you and in the inspiration and, um, you know, the webinars and Zentrepreneur, you know, the epic businesses that you've helped set up. I am, um, I'm expressing gratitude for your inspiration. Uh, Thank you, Amrit. Doing that for, for all of us. And, um, you know, uh, human life, I'm not sure if it's a journey or if it's just the eternal now or whatever it is, um, but, I'm wishing you all the best on yours, as you know. And uh, if there's any way we can be of support, we uh, we will be. Um, for those that are listening in, um, I will ask Ajit what's the best way to get in touch with him. But um, just quickly, the the book of coaching, as I as I pointed out before, a great piece, just a great piece of material. Please, please, please. Um, like I said, the first section of the book is all about you. So even if you're not looking to become a coach or help other people on their journey, it will help you on yours. Um, and the book Live Big is on its way out sometime this year, and it I can't wait to get my paws on it. So that's a that's a Jeep's blessings there. And um, if someone is curious to wanting to work with you, the the website is probably a good touch point, no? Just go to evercoach.com. That's the best place to go and check out what you're up to. Perfect, perfect. Oh. Thank you awesome. so much for your time today, brother. All right, take care. You have a fantastic day. Bye. Thanks, Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.